So welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders, and thinkers. Today, I'm joined by Chris Rabbit. And Chris, you're very welcome to the podcast. Let's begin by asking you to introduce yourself and a little bit about who you are, what you do, and some of your journey to our international audience today. So over to you, Chris. Right. Well, uh, good evening. Bienvenue. Bien, bien, buena sera. And all the rest of it, if we're going out around the world. Good Abend. Uh, thank you very much for having me on, uh, Simon. It's a real pleasure to be here. So my name's Chris Rabbit. Um, yes, that is actually the case. That is not a joke. My name is Rabbit. Um, and my father's name is Peter. Uh, and 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 that's not a joke either. That is actually the truth. You, you couldn't make that up, Chris. No, it's it's actually most people just tell you know most people tell me to uh, foxtrot Oscar when they hear that. Um, but uh, no, it's absolutely true. We asked my grandmother uh, before she passed what on earth was going through her mind, and as a good Catholic lady, she said, "Well, we just like the name Peter." Fair enough. Crack on. I want and, to and call of my course, daughter no, Jessica. No, no Roger, right? No, I, w- I wanted to call my daughter Jessica, but the wife was having none of it. Okay, I had to ask. Yeah, no, there's no Roger, sadly. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, my name is Chris Rabbit. I am one of the co-founders of uh, a business called Meow. Uh, we are an on-demand online networking platform uh, with a global audience. Uh, we started in, we are a COVID baby. Uh, we started in um, May 2020 um, with a an idea called a Zoom a day. So you could tell how permanent we expected this business to be. So we started with a Zoom a day, which is essentially an idea to bring four people once a day together for an hour. Just to get over the, I don't know, 12 weeks of COVID. And two and a half years later, we're bigger than we've been with a bigger audience, more more reach with our own IP and all the rest of it. So we launched our own platform back in April 21. Um, and we've, we've grown and honed and iterated that to something that looks really beautiful now, is really nice to use, and actually is gaining some real traction with some big communities out there. Um, so people like Barclays Eagle Labs and uh, Startup Grind and things like that are beginning to adopt Meow as a way to communicate between centres. So that's us. Um, any investors out there, we are currently fundraising um, because growing a tech business is a cash-hungry beast, uh, especially in a day and age where nobody wants to pay for anything. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that's where we are. So the fact is, one of the things people actually often say to us is, well, how are you different from Zoom? And I think the really easy way to describe that or way to explain that is, is just people you don't know. Okay, so if I wanted to have a chat with you and two other people at six o'clock, I would have to go find you. I would have to make contact with you. I'd have to give you a reason to want to talk to me. Um, I would then have to do the same twice more with two other people and then get all our diaries to agree and then hope that we all turned up. And the thing is with Meow is we do all that bit beforehand and all you need to do is turn up on the hour, click a button, and we'll put you together with people who we think you'll have a nice time with. Um, we don't try and match people who are going to do business together. Because, I'll be honest, you go to a networking event, hoping you're going to meet a customer and close a sale on the night, you are sorely mistaken, my friend. 
Um, your best bet is to go and bring value, go in a giving mindset, go and hope that you can begin a relationship or, or forward and continue a relationship. And then the good stuff starts to happen. And actually the way our platform sets up is all about making sure people have good conversations. And that's it. We don't, we don't, we don't promise anything more. We don't say that you'll get anything more other than a good conversation with an interesting few people. But what we do know is you do that with a degree of regularity and the right mindset and good stuff happens. We've got example after example after example of stuff where people have you know, one business, new clients, some really big deals and things like that, but all from that right mindset. So, uh, of course, a tech business costs money to grow and to build. Mm -hmm. uh, but you've also got, a, would imagine, a fairly global user base straight away because people can pretty much log on from anywhere. Am I right in saying that? They can. Um, but it, it's, it's interesting. The, the video conferencing marketplace, if you like, is an immensely crowded thing. Um, and actually reaching those audiences is extremely, is extremely tricky. Um, and we really, without being exclusionist or, or racist or xenophobic or whatever you want to call it, in order to make sure we can grow the most interconnected audience possible, we've, we've just concentrated on the English-speaking peoples of the world or anyone who happened, you know, we, we don't, we haven't gone for sort of translation or anything like that. We, we can't do that. It's too expensive. Actually, don't need to if i can crack the uk um australia and new zealand and the united states uh, you know throw in a bit of south africa and a bit if you were the in you know india uh, if we can do that then the rest of the world hopefully will be someone else's problem um but yeah our audience is instantly global there is no time when meow is off the clock uh, which actually is something that has has really hurt us actually in the early days when we we kicked off we because at the time we were doing pre-booked limited single meeting sessions every hour so there was only one meeting going on so only four people and if you take one of those out because we had human hosts at the time only three people could book one of those sessions so what was happening is we were being booked up literally months in advance in some cases and then we gave the, that, that community unlimited choice. And what people do with unlimited choice, we found out, is absolutely nothing. So all the scarce, and as I said, I'm, I'm a former sales director. Uh, I should have bloody known this. All the scarcity that we had, i.e. there was competition for places and, and an incentive to book in advance, all vanished. And we're trumpeting about how, you know, you can do it any time and all this, and it's all good fun and all the rest of it. And people went, oh, great. I don't need to book. Brilliant. So I won't book. And then because I haven't booked, I won't turn up. And so we had a massive job on to get the reins and, you know, turn people's heads saying, right, you know, if you were committed to 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, keep doing it. Because there were lots and lots of other people who wanted to do that as well. So keep going. Um, but we had some, yeah, we had some massive audience engagement problems right at the start when actually we should have had the easiest ride. Um, so that was that was really interesting, actually, and a, a massive learning experience about human behavior, particularly where choice is concerned.
Re- really interesting stuff. You know, when I'm old and grey, I might do a PhD and talk about it a bit more, but it was... Uh, it sounds it like a steep, so. a steep learning curve straight away. And it's the oh. user base, right? You, it's hard to predict user behavior. You think you know, and then it goes a different direction and you have to react. But that's the whole point, is that we didn't think we were predicting anything. We were being told by our user base on a date, in fact, on an hourly basis. Oh, this, you know, I can't wait until it goes deregulated. It's going to be great. I can do it anytime. I'm so up for it. Boom, you know, oh, it's going to be brilliant. Um, because we were in a situation towards the end of our sort of pre-booking um, Zoom-based thing where we were a victim of our own success. If you turned up at, let's say, 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, you knew you would find you, me, and two of the people who were there at the same meeting last week. Some people liked that, and that was fine. Lots of people didn't. And so we was becoming a situation of it just cut and paste every single day. And, yeah, again, challenges with that. But, uh, yeah, the, the, whole, the whole user piece is the biggest head scratcher I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, you know, when you talk about when you yeah. talk about steep learning curves, uh, Simon and I, my business partner, <laughs> we're four, we're both forty seven now, and you know we're, we're Gen X, dyed in the wool Gen Xers. We understand technology, we understand the world before technology. We have no idea about some of the stuff that is happening now, um, but that's what we employ Gen Zers for. Um, but uh, we're not idiots as far as tech is concerned. By any stretch of the imagination you know i've implemented crms in big businesses and stuff and uh you know we only did this because nobody told us we shouldn't (laughs) you know guys in the middle early middle age shouldn't do this apparently and actually given the physical toll it takes on you and the financial toll it takes on your life i completely agree with them well, you used the term earlier, you know, a COVID baby company. It was kind of born during the pandemic. Mm. And I think the whole world, didn't we? We we all, we had no choice. We had to move everything online pretty quick. Oh. Well, my business um, died. Yeah. My previous business died. So I used to be a, a portfolio sales director, for want of a better word. So I was a gun for hire. You bring me in, sort out your sales team, sort out your commercial team, you know, upskill your existing sales director, work with business owners to teach them how to manage sales teams. You name it, whatever along that spectrum you wanted me to do, I would come and do it. And actually, I was looking down the barrel in 2020 of an absolutely brilliant year. So I had a really good second half of 2019, put a load of legwork in and had six really good customers with pretty much work for me all the year. And then a few little projects on top and actually some third party stuff that was giving me an income that I wasn't having to work for. So I was like, yeah, this is sweet. And so much so I went out and bought myself a big red shiny BMW S1000 XR motorcycle in February. Several pounds committed. Um, but with the expectation of, you know, super levels of income that year. And uh, and then we all got put in prison. And the phone started ringing 
almost as soon as the lockdown was announced because it was like right okay this is what furlough is this is what okay blah, blah, blah. and everybody everybody sent their sales teams home it wasn't a sort of piecemeal thing everybody sent their sales teams home and i had a couple of customers actually that were we were doing some fairly heavy restructure that would have involved some fairly unpleasant stuff and would have necessitated you know either redundancies or sackings or movings on let's put it that way um and i'm saying to them no you know as a as a correctly um motivated third party advisor should you speak the unspeakable you go well now is our opportunity to do all the unpleasant stuff that we were going to find really difficult to do and now is an excuse to do that uh, we need to carry on and this is not because i was desperate for some work as it stood, I was, but pff, you know, this is what was best for the company. Carry on, hold your nerve, carry on. And fair dues, you know, the fact they were both family businesses, both big family businesses, you know, multiple tens of millions of turnover. And in fairness to the the, the owner in question, he said, "No, can't do it. It's not it's not the way our business is. Can't do it. I know I know the commercial reality is exactly what you say it is, but I can't do it." So I'm just going to put them on furlough and we'll deal with this later. Fair enough. So my business just evaporated overnight. So I'm sitting there going, ooh, what on earth are we going to do now? And after I'd boarded out the loft and done a few other bits and pieces, I'm thinking, right, well, you know, that's two weeks of lockdown sorted. What's next? And uh, Simon, my business partner, he, uh, he, put, he came up with the idea. Zoom a day, four people in a room, one hour, uh, and was booked up almost instantly. And I managed, it took me four weeks to get on because it was that popular. But by the time we got there, by the time I got there, he'd already started thinking about, oh, can we make this a business and whatever else. But commercially, didn't have a much of a clue about how to do that. Sorry, Simon said with the greatest of affection and love. And I jumped into this meeting and of course, everybody, as they always did subsequently, when I was in those meetings, started doing this, you know, the old university challenge thing going, oh, isn't this great? It's just four of us. We can all have a chat, you know, no one's mic's closed. It's, you know, it's nice. We can, we can have a chat. The energy's good. And so I'm, so I'm listening to the conversation. I'm seeing people's reaction. I'm thinking, oh, this is, this is pretty good. This. Uh, I'll do more of these. And then Simon happened to mention that he was thinking of turning it into a business. And I was, poof, ears pricked up. And I'm like, ooh, this might just be exactly what I've been looking for. So at the end of the meeting, in the usual way that we did, is like, thanks very much, everybody. There'll be a thing coming up on LinkedIn. Take care. See you later. I just went, don't go anywhere. Stay there. Because I've known Simon for years, anyway. Um, and so I said to him, I said, is this kosher? He said, yeah, yeah. So I said, well, do you want me to have a look at your plan? You know, that's what I do. I'm at a loose end. Do you want me to have a look at your plan? You know, well, would you? Oh, yeah, of course I would. Well, let's do it now. So I'd look at that because I said, this is going to be massive. So I'd look at it and went, oh, gosh. I said, you need some money. I said, well, have you got any? I said, bit. But we can't do it like this. We're going to have to build our own platform. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do that. We're going to have to do the other. We can't keep it on Zoom. We've got to do this. We've got to have our own IP. We've got to look, do, 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 do it this way. And he looked at me and went, you're a lunatic. 
how on earth are we going to afford that? And I just went, that's my job. You go design it. And that basically set out our roles in the business. So Simon looks after the product and I look after the business. Pretty much set them in stone from that point onward. So we both we both have a hand in product, but Simon's the one that manages it out the door, works with the developers, does all the rest of it. And I make sure we've all got enough money to spend. And, and just so people know, Chris, like this platform is up and running. There are people using mm -hmm. this all the time now, right? And um, in terms of your your next steps for this business, then you mentioned at the top that you're you're raising money, right? And mm -hmm. you're, you're looking for uh, more investment, obviously, because this thing's growing, right? Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> we started out with a direct sort of port of our Zoom based business into our IP. And it was very, very basic. I look back on it now and I go, ooh, we put that to market, you know? But it's one of the things, you know, you, you, you hang around people in tech companies often enough, everyone goes, yeah, my MVP was a piece of shit as well. Yeah, everyone's MVP, an absolute POS. Everyone's is exactly the same. You gotta get to market quick, iterate fast. So we started with that. And as I say, that sort of just went a bit of a stuttering start. But we, you know, we got out of the blocks and we got up and running. And actually, that was pretty successful. And then we brought in an improved version with a different user interface. And we've just evolved it ever since. And our latest one, which is what we've been working to right from the word go, is one which has got sort of two speeds. So you can either turn up to a traditional meow networking event, which is random but with ai and stuff we we, you know, we do do matchmaking <laughs> and the more you use the platform the better the matchmaking is um or you can run a flag up our flagpole if you like you can say i want to have a meeting about raising money or i want to have a meeting about um which bank is the best or i want to talk about my product or I just need help working out what my product market fit is. Whatever, whatever, doesn't matter. I want to talk about cheese. Brilliant. Simon hates me using that one. Um, whatever it is, we've got meows on at the moment. Is I do I do a weekly one about sales. I do one on a Thursday afternoon for founders. So come and just talk founder garbage with other founders for an hour. Shoulders are crying, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We've Simon does stuff on design. Simon's an extraordinary designer. He does stuff on products. Uh, we've got a hypnotherapist doing sessions on there. We've got someone who does crafting as therapy. We've got copywriters on there doing newsletter open sessions just for an hour. But actually, they can go on as long as they want. Um, there's all sorts. And if you don't find what you want, you can put a meeting on there or a meow on there and invite people to share your stuff. Um, so there's, there's two ways to do it now. And actually, because people like being in control, the, the pre-booked stuff is showing loads and loads of traction. Because that's how we're engaging with communities out there. So we have some other networking businesses. We have professional organizations. Um, you know, I'm a chapter director of startup grind and the northern chapters of startup grind are now starting to use meow to communicate to network when when we're not having events 
because that's actually a really important thing to say is I'm an extrovert. I get my energy from being around people and I'm not suggesting for one second that this replaces traditional networking. Because I don't think anything can. I think you need to be in the space with people, you know, mixing it up and you know, rubbing shoulders with people and to, to really be able to, to get in amongst it. But I can't meet in the same meeting really any more than three people an hour really and I, but what and, and that's what meow facilitates you look at groups in networking events four people fifth person comes in i guarantee that group will splinter and there's some science behind that that i won't bore you with now but it is quite interesting anybody wants the diagram chris at meow.co i'll send it to you um but uh what we can't do in traditional networking is meet someone from Portsmouth, Perth, and Pontypool in the same meeting. Least of all, meet someone from, you know, Canada, Florida, and Sydney, Australia in the same meeting. Now, admittedly, you know, time zones and stuff, I make extreme examples to, to make a point. But we've facilitated cross cross transatlantic business. We've got people working with people in the Philippines because they met on Meow. You know, we've had people get jobs in Australia because of introductions that have been made. And that's the stuff that really validates the concept. That's that's the thing that gets me excited about it. Yeah, it, it, it's a very good point, Chris. I was talking to a gentleman uh, called Peter Benai. And Peter, he's wrote a book about uh, remote first companies. And uh, he's he's from Budapest. He works between Budapest and uh, a little place in Italy. And he he worked in London, uh, like we both have. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, look, uh, it got to the point in London with the traffic and the chaos crossing the city for meetings. If I got more than one meeting a day, it was a bonus. True. Um, it was so such a an upheaval. And it sounds like people, and I know because I've used the, the Meow platform, people are making real genuine connections there that are, that are really helpful to them, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I must ask about the name, though. Is there a story behind the name? It's dead easy. Right. Um, everyone thinks it's got something to do with cats. Unless you're in Japan, I'll play that all day long. The Japanese love the cats. We'll go with that when we go into Japan. But it's not at all. It's, it's one of those words, because we always set out to be a global business. It's one of those words that doesn't actually mean anything. Um, it's a sound word. It's not language dependent. Uh, it's pretty cool, you know, whatever else. But it's also a portmanteau of meet now. And that's where it came from, is meet now, smash them together, which is why our meow has two E's. I love, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And it, once you've heard it, you won't forget it, right? It's true. And I'll be honest with you, when Simon first told me about it, I didn't like it. He goes to me, it's going to be called meow. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. which meeting did we agree that in simon and he's like well it's done now i've done the brand treatments i've spent all this time on it it's done so i looked at it and thought well i like the colors and i like the font show and final i can i can live with it you know this is not this is not a, a hill i'm prepared to die on and actually i love it now um yeah yeah but yeah it's one of those but yes it's a, it's a portmanteau word there you go there's a new word for today use it in conversation when you can portmanteau word meet now Smash together to make me a 
It's great. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing that. Well, look, I don't want to run out of time and I do want to ask you some other questions, but thanks for sharing the sort of journey and, and, yeah. and the, a bit of the insights into Meow. But I want to ask you about yourself when you're learning or when you're reading what kind of books do you read how do you take on information uh, and what kind of stuff do you find yourself spending time with okay um well i did i did a, an english literature degree which pretty much ruined fiction for me to actually sit and read it because you can't help yourself sitting there going, oh, there's an essay in there somewhere and it did it completely wrecked it for me so I consume books in two different ways now. So I have uh, an Audible account, which if anyone likes books um, and hasn't got one, get one. I'm not on a commission from Amazon, by the way. I just think it's one of the best things that they've ever done. Um, there's everything on there. And actually I use that for schlocky fiction. So at the minute I'm working my way through the Jack Reacher books. And I could never sit and read them. They would drive me insane. But what I can do is put my earphones in at night and it, it takes my brain out of gear, which is something I would not be able to do getting into bed and closing my eyes. So Audible for me is literally a lifesaver. Um, but when I read, um, I, I do read business books. I'll be honest with you, I'm not a voracious consumer of business books. I think, again, because I'm fairly intolerant of poor writing and let's face it the vast majority of business books are you know they're, they're written more badly than the janet and john um i despair of whoever put some of them together uh, but the ones that are good i, I will read and consume and reread all the time and my favorite if i can pull it out of the library uh, this one has saved my life on a number of occasions since we started this business. And if you are thinking of or have a business that does subscriptions, read that. It's superb. So subscribed is the book. Mm, yeah. By okay. Tien Tso. Really, good. really, really good in terms of you know that sort of stuff. And in terms of um culture and stuff, because I'm I've been in sort of leadership roles now for quite a long time, but never really been responsible for setting the culture in a business in the same way I am now. I would recommend anyone read that. Love or Hate the All Blacks. This is their philosophy about teamship, about what it means to be in that team. Yeah, so that, and the that's responsibility. Legacy. Is that the, the Legacy or Legacy is the name of that book? Yeah, it's called Legacy by Legacy. James Kerr. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's a super read. It's very brief. You know, you can it's a it's a two-afternoon book. Um but especially if you're even remotely into rugby, like you can see I am. Um it's got lots of resonance, but at the same time, what it shows is there's there's two ends to it, is that uh, the team has responsibility for you as members, as players, as teammates, but equally you have a responsibility both to the team and to your teammates. And it's the most plagiarised and, you know, hackneyed quotation now ever. And it's been ruined by a, a litany of recruitment companies and whatever else. And I used to be a recruiter, hands up. 
Um, but no one will ruin a decent quote like a recruitment company splashing it on their wall. But their mantra is no dickheads. And for me, that you know, that says it all, really. So that, or as Bill so, and Ted that, might well, that's, say, that's good. And uh, I, I just going back to what you're saying about Audible, I've been a long time mm. customer of Audible. I think it's a wonderful product. That doesn't mean I don't like picking up a physical book. Mm. I do. But I think there is something very special about audio. I'd echo that uh, that uh, comment. Have you looked at your stats? I, I do occasionally, not lately, though, i got to be honest. It's bonkers. Yeah, yeah. It's bonkers how much time. Yeah. Now, admittedly, mine plays for about three hours a night, whether I'm awake or asleep. So I, I probably have an inflated figure, but the amount of time you commit to that is incredible. I think I've got like about a year or more actually spent listening to books on Audible. Go and look yeah. at your stats, everyone. It's it's interesting reading. Yeah. Well, I, I like it because it's very easy to find, as you say, anything you want. It's pretty mm. much there, as providing the publisher and the, or the author has put out a an audio version of it. Um, I haven't found anything that I yeah. wanted to listen to yeah. that wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. Um. The other thing I wanted to ask you as well, while we're talking about mm. sort of, you know, sayings or advice, um, have you picked up any advice along the way, whether from your childhood or whether in, in business or, you know, when you've been working in these big organizations or, or now leading your own, scaling your own global technology company? Is there any advice that sticks with you or any advice you'd share here? From a personal perspective, um, it's advice that I've given myself, I suppose. In looking back, I'm quite self-critical and always have been. But one thing, and, and trigger warning for anyone that's remotely um, bothered by profanity, there's going to be a little bit of profanity. So please beat me out if you want to, uh, Simon. But I would absolutely say to my younger self, give fewer fucks. Absolutely, 100% stop giving as much of a shit as you do, as you did. Because that level of commitment is never mirrored by the business that you work for. Um, and stuff tends to work itself out in the end. And that doesn't mean, for those of you who are watching and throwing your hands up aghast, that doesn't mean give no fucks at all. It means don't over-worry about stuff, that you mainly about stuff that you can't control or stuff that you've done that might not be right but you've learned from or whatever else i used to tie myself up in knots i used to beat myself up um and then as a consequence of that became quite proud and then as a result wouldn't ask for help and so it was a fairly awful spin cycle of you know nonsense going on in my sort of mid to late 20s early 30s until i sort of came out of it and gone oh god what the, what have you been doing you know, you spend all this time you know, trying to make money, being you know, variously successful at that. But what else have you been trying to do? Not a lot. Um, so that for me, from my sort of now self to my earlier self, is yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, be more fluid about stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is is what my old boss said to me when I finally did come out and uh, say. I, I, need, I need some help. And it was like, don't ever be afraid to ask. You know, having been in a situation now where people come to me reasonably frequently with, you know, whatever else, being asked for help is both 
flattering and extremely rewarding. And I don't know anybody, I certainly don't know anybody that I would ever work for um, who would regard that as a, a sign of weakness or, you know, a lack of competence, quite the contrary. So, you know, it's, it, there's nothing groundbreaking from me there, but I think as rules for life, they're really, really important. You know, ask. Uh, no, I, I hear you because I think, particularly when you're in, maybe maybe it's to do with the the earlier stages, careers, and you're you're trying to make money and you you're climbing the ladder and all that stuff. But when you when you have a chance to reflect, or at least this is coming from my perspective, you realise that a lot of it didn't really matter, um, and you you shouldn't have cared maybe as much as you did because it actually didn't help in the long run. No. Uh, and you should have been very focused just on the outcome and um so that so that i understand uh, and also asking for help i think some businesses today chris get it and there's more of an open culture but i can think back to maybe my father's generation oh absolutely it just wasn't there you know work it out for yourself sunshine i remember sitting in a recruitment business i worked in years ago it was a mistake to join it and it was one of the best things that ever happened when i was sacked from it is I remember sitting there trying to get through to a guy, a perfect candidate for a guy. The business, the working culture was absolutely toxic. You know, I used to go and sit in my car at lunchtime and literally just put my head on the steering wheel and go, what the am I doing here? Um, and trying to get through to this guy and one of the senior guys sitting on the table next to me, literally next to me. Um, I'd spent a week trying to get a hold of this fella, trying to do everything I do. And I was a, I was a decent recruiter. And, uh, and then he bollocked me for not doing it. And then said, well, why didn't, you know, I, why didn't you ask me? And I said, well, I did. And he went, yeah, but why am I going to give you his phone number? And I nearly jumped out of my seat and smacked him. And that's not me. You know, I'm, I'm a fairly big unit, but I'm not, I've never been a scrapper. And uh, I nearly jumped out of my chair and, and, and cracked him. I just thought, how awful is that? You know, you shit back. What are you doing? And that was the culture then. And I think, I do think the world's moved on. And I think if you find yourself in an environment where, especially as a younger person, you go to someone like me now and ask for help, and I tell you to go and work it out for yourself, just get out. Get out, leave, disappear, remove yourself from that horrible environment. You know, because there's no such thing as a job for life anymore. And anyone yeah. that is being asked to behave as though that there, that there is, again, you're getting conned. Stop it. Yeah, and I think you touched on it earlier because you, you mentioned culture when you're building a tech business, uh, particularly when you, you're growing at scale and you're raising money, et cetera. The culture is really important, you know, and people look at the, the team of people running it, don't they? They look at the technology, they make sure that works, of course. Mm -hmm. But it comes down to the culture and the ethos of the company and what the company does and doesn't stand for. And it's probably more important now than it's ever been, right, Chris? Particularly in your it area. Is, it is really important because the thing is, let's not mess about. Tech investment is fruit machine territory. You know, you might, you might win 100 quid for your 10p or you might lose your 10p. And it's, you know, it can be as binary as that. You know, we like to think we're a good bet, but we've got to convince people that we are. And part of the way you do that is by what you stand for. And I think <clears throat> culture-wise, when you're a really small team, culture really doesn't matter. Because I say it doesn't matter. That's not true. That isn't true. What am I saying? It's not true. 
when it's when it was just Simon and I, we weren't weren't worried about setting a culture because we were the culture. It was our personalities that drove the business forward and all the rest of it. As soon as you bring other people in, you have to be absolutely mindful of the impact that that little culture of two founders sitting in an office swearing and you know doing everything else that will have an impact on other people. And either you bring people in to suit that culture or you start creating the culture in the business that you want. And that's what we set out to do right from the word go, even as a very small company, was put a, 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 an ethic together, if you like, without sounding too worthy, where you know we were always available, where it was output, related sort of performance management because i hate kpi nonsense kpis are something that you monitor to make a decision about how you have a conversation about output you don't ever target someone on input it's nonsense i learned that in my time in recruitment if you set someone a target of 100 telephone calls in a week they'll hit 100 telephone calls in a week and then they'll turn around and call you a so-and-so when you sack them for making no money. You told me that my target was 100 phone calls a week. So I made 100 phone calls a week. Oh, didn't we explain that your target was actually £10,000 in revenue a month? No. Okay, who's wrong? We're wrong, not, not the guy in question. And that's the, that's the point. It is very open, very honest, extremely accountable. Um, and, and, and nothing, I don't think anything else is necessary. Our whole mission statement thing is to, is to innovate with a smile on your face. That's, that's our mission statement. I love that. Innovate with a smile on your face. That's great. Yeah. That's, that's our mission statement. We, we, went, we went to see a, a lady called uh, Nicola in the summer. And both Simon and I, it's the first time we'd spent with a, with a referee, if you like, working on the business. Actually, what do we want to stand for? And it was a, a conscious exercise that cost us a few quid, um, but was uh, extremely was money extremely well spent uh, because that lays the foundation for as we start to put bodies into the business, which will happen this year. Um, they'll know what's expected of them. We'll know what we want them to achieve and how to go about it. Yeah. So, I mean, culture and outputs and, you know, doing it with a smile on your face, that sounds like a winning formula. So thanks for sharing awesome. that, Chris. Hey, no problem. Um, look, the, the, one of the last things I want to ask you about is, is as we record this, we've got quite an exciting year ahead um, for Meow. So what are you focused on? You know, what's taking up your time? Where What are you thinking about over the next three, six, nine, 12 months? What What's taking up your sort of mental focus? We're pretty single-minded this year there's probably two actually i say i say single-minded then i say there's probably two or three things we're looking at so we're not single-minded we have a fairly low a fairly low number of priorities this year is we've got to raise some money we've got you know like any tech business we are feast and famine and we are getting to the the snotty end of our runway now so you know it's all starting to get a little bit uh, a bit squeaky but we have a really healthy follow-on from our investor base now, which means we've got about 25% of the million pounds we want to raise committed already, which is brilliant. And you know, one of the guys in question is particularly high profile and his validation is extremely um, satisfying for me. 
Um, so we've got some money to raise and then we've got some people to hire. So over the course of the year, we'll be bringing a CTO into the business and a sales director into the business because I simply can't do it all. Um, and those two guys are there to achieve or help achieve the other two priorities, which are to grow our audience, because that's our absolute 100% most important thing, is to grow our audience. And what we found is that actually talking to community heads rather than individuals is a way to grow you know, infinitely faster. Um, B2C, frankly, is too hard. And I understand where some of our potential investors were coming from when we said to them, you know, they go, what's your market? We go, it's direct to consumer, but we are, you know, it's a B2B platform, but we have a direct to consumer model and this is what's going on and this is our marketing. Blah, blah, blah. And they just went, no, thank you. And I completely understand why. Because it's really hard. We've spent a load of time. Sorry, I digress very briefly. We've spent a load of time working out where, where our our product market fit is that's pretty much what we spent our mezzanine round on is iterating the product and getting our product market fit sorted out and where it is is bringing communities in in gobs to sit in the platform and talk to each other and talk sorry and talk to each other within that community and talk to everybody else in the wider meow community so yeah grow our audience and then the cto's there to deliver the the technical challenges of the business we still have development to do we still have functionality to bring out we still have stuff that needs to be made better within the platform uh, and that will be a process that never ends so you know, there are you know biggest priorities for this year it sounds like you have your hands full this year for sure Chris. it sounds like you've got a lot to do you've got a sales director coming in a cto coming in you're you're raising funds um but i am interested because i'm i was uh, talking well i'll be talking again soon to uh, mark schaefer who's wrote a few books about branding and about businesses and he, he's very well known online um and he's done lots of things over over the course of his career but he's there's a book that he wrote not too long ago, actually, about belonging to the brand. And one of the things mm -hmm. I'm just looking at it here that he says is why community is the last great marketing strategy. And uh, I, I think, you know, that community element uh, and you mentioned Startup Grind. I know a few people in Startup Grind. That's a huge global community around the world. And I know you sort of look after a, a part of that, I think, in the Northeast, right? Leeds. Leeds, Yeah. So um, yeah, so I, I think community is uh, certainly a very exciting avenue, uh, and I should be watching uh, from from the sidelines. But uh, it, it sounds like you've got a heck of a year ahead. And I suppose the last thing I want to say, Chris, or I want to ask you, really, is there anything that we haven't touched on when it comes to Meow or anything else that you're involved in that you'd like to share with our international audience? And if people are watching and they want to try the Meow platform, or if there's any communities that want to find out more or any investors that want to reach out and get in touch, where do people get in touch with you? What's the best way to find you? Easiest place to find me is on the website. So www.meowmwow.com. Um, it's now, the platform at the moment is completely free to use. And uh, that won't always be the case, um, but it's completely free to use. Um, 
jump in and, and get involved is all I'll say. Um, if you've ever done networking online and you think you're ready to leave it all behind because you hate Zoom, come and give us a try because I, I do guarantee that it is a different experience entirely. Um, anyway, that's enough of me pitching my products. Or if you've got a genuine inquiry about investment or coming to work with us or anything you can do to, you know, if you want to bring your community into me, um, please email me, chrisrabbit 2 bs 2 ts at meow.com. Uh, and I will endeavour uh, to answer anything ASAP. Um, but in terms of, you know, anything to add, you know, just come come join us, come and find out what's going on. If you're a, if you're someone who wants to find out a bit more about sales, if you're a small business person that needs to do your own sales, come and have a chat with me. Every week I'm there. Simon's there for design. There's all sorts of other stuff going on. Just come and see see what's about. There's a brilliant guy called Tobin Harris, uh, who's a, an app designer. Runs a clinic every Thursday, I think, to say you know, you know come and bring you your stuff, and I'll tell you whether you need an app or not. You know, and and you know what it might cost you um because it's terrifying that sort of stuff is terrifying particularly if you've never done it before you know i think i need an app you know and then someone starts throwing numbers like 250 grand at you and you're like oh, maybe i don't need an app um but you know there's there's all sorts of stuff on there just come and have a look see what you think it's uh you know, so, we believe passionately in it so you know we'd love we'd love for you to try it yeah so people can just go to meow uh m double e ow.com and uh, check it out as uh, Chris has invited you to do. There's an awful lot of learning and networking going on there. Uh, so having used the platform myself, I'd recommend you go and take a look and uh, see all the exciting things that are going on there. Well, Chris, that, that brings me nicely to the end of the episode. Uh, thanks for sharing all that uh, insight and uh, sharing a little bit about the meow story, continued success as you go through this year. And uh, I want, want to thank everybody, too, who's been watching or listening this episode and to ask them to like, follow, subscribe, do all the usual things when it comes to podcasts. And I hope that uh, you'll tune in again to watch or listen to more discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. So thank you very much indeed, Chris. It's been an absolute pleasure thank you. to catch up with you. That's no, been great fun. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>